Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. What? Now, without the Tribeater. One fewer dinosaur in the world. To be fair, the dinosaur was already dead, so it's not one fewer dinosaur, it's just one fewer undead dinosaur. True, but still one less dinosaur. Gotta say, to be fair, most of the things that you face here have been dead, so. True. Or elemental in some way, shape, or form. So... Yeah, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers had returned back to the slave trenches of Hakatep, there to do some divinations and attempt to ascertain the location of the uh, the spirit of the dead Mafre, Tenoneth. Tenoneth. Yep, although it's spelled with a P. Of course it is. Just like Tetmanip. Yep, you had been unable to ascertain the location of said spirit, but instead it decided to go and fight the tribe eater, Censurit. A brief battle had ensued, really showing uh, what utility buffing the party has, yeah. uh, as well as getting your rogue into flank and letting her sneak attack five times in a row. I was going to say prep is important when taking on big giant dinosaurs. There is almost that bittersweetness because like when you do all the prep, you want to use all of the prep kind of like bittersweet balance. But didn't even get to hold up my hand and blast it for 5d6 yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, huh, not get to use the rest of my mirror images or get bit by a dino and maybe die. I'm going to lean toward the the not dying. Gonna say tough decisions. (laughs) But I believe following the defeat of said dinosaur, the party did level up following the last fight, which I believe brings you guys up to 13. Is that right? 15. 15. I've lost track. Man, you, you are taking two levels away from us there. I don't know. I'm running three games at once. Also, I don't have a character sheet, so I, would I don't know like where you guys are. I two more levels before the end of this campaign, please. I promise nothing. I just want to be able to cast one ninth level spell. Kind of curious. I think you guys might actually be ahead of the level curve. Yeah, I mean, only only by a smidge. I see no problems with this whatsoever. Man. Indeed. You're yeah. supposed to be 15 by the beginning of the next book, so only by a smidge. Technically... Not everyone probably has this ghost problem, so we're right where we need to be. Woo! Yeah. We do have to go back over there and get a piece of the jar it was in, because I have to have something that once belonged to it. I think living well, in that jar for like 6,000 years counts as owning it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for doing it today, I could dimension door in, pick it up, and dimension door back out and call it a day. Well, Masika would know, I would assume, that she would need it for the sudden insight that Ta has just given her. We could have done that on the way back to Tefna Juice. So, yeah, you guys all did level up. So go ahead and do a quick round table. Everyone tell me one cool thing that you got. I got so many cool things, but I'll tell you about the arcane discovery I took. Time stutter, which essentially twice a day I can use time stop for one round. Mm. Yeah, arcane discovery had to be a 10th level some extra wizard. rounds in. There you go. Buffing and whatnot. Well... There's some conditionals, but whatever. It sounds awesome. I'm ready for it. Yeah, because considering you know, time stop, you can't really do anything offensive unless it's a delayed blast fireball or anything like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I can do other stuff that's like terrain stuff or I always have spells buff. I want to cast, but don't have time to cast. So I feel like maybe this is a good way to do that. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Cast some buffs. So that's one of my many cool things. All right. Jordan. So Sudi is now a ninth level living monolith, which means I get these uh, spell statue as a spell like ability with a target of myself uh, at will. (laughs) So, uh, yes, I can now use statue to turn myself to solid stone along with everything I have. Um, I get a hardness of eight, 
uh, and then I can, uh, you know, still hear, see, smell normally, but I can uh, basically like turn it off in the middle of like have my turn and then turn it back on as a free action. <laughs> so if I wanted to, I could be in a fight with somebody and just be like, I'm a statue. No, punch, 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 punch. I'm a statue. No, I'm not. Punch, <laughs> punch, 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 punch. So. Hmm. so fun. Oh, I'm also immune to petrification because of this. So yay. Hey, that will maybe come in handy again. Mm. Mayhaps. <laughs> Let's find Mayhaps. some Mayhaps. That brings us to Masika. I mean, I got eighth level spells. That's really it. Eighth level spells. What is uh, what's the eighth level spell you're most excited for? Probably sunburst or planar ally greater. I was gonna say sunburst is a killer spell for uh, fighting undead. Oh, all the undead that we're about to yeah. fight. Yeah. 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 Yep. Fair. yeah. The whole pyramid full. If if the vampire fails his freaking saving throw, he's dead. Period. Nothing. Ah, gone. You gotta awesome. like you gotta like a good save or die spell for when it's used on the enemies. Yeah. Good save or die effect that actually affects undead. Also this. So, Rach, what did we get for Citra? I'm probably going to talk about my feat because I got improved two-weapon fighting, mm. which in, I, I know we said one, but combined with my now 8d6 sneak attack is really good. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I suppose as we begin, the lot of you having just finished your battle against Censurit, the dust from the collapsed mummified remains steadily blowing away in the the gently blowing breeze as the sandstorm has at least temporarily abated as all of you stand here on the edge of the massive sun disk wherein you will eventually need to return for your final I suppose activation the second only ever activation of the Kepsutanum and hopefully the last Right. There are a lot of steps to go through to activate all this. I don't want any more elementals to be hurt in the rising and falling of cities. Slash pyramids. (laughs) Yep. No elementals were armed in the filming of this podcast. (laughs) Not yet. So I suppose after all of you have a brief discussion, Masika, just going like, hey, I might need one of those pots and that might be able to help me with my divinations and stuff. So if that's the case, all of you can uh, turn and make your way traveling instead of heading to the north and west heading due east across the uh, the distance the the wide open expanse here you mount up into your your chariot take off begin making your way steadily east after just shy of about 40 minutes of travel or so you think you're about three-fourths of the way there considering the speed at which this chariot goes as you navigate your way along the wind begins to pick up the sand begins to billow in wide spreading clouds. Yep, they must have noticed it was off. And within about 10 minutes or so, the sandstorm has returned in full force as it whips rolling over you like a wave. Picture that scene from Mad Max when they like drive into the, the sandstorm yeah. with all the lightning. Yeah. Sand's lightning because there's no lightning in here. Well, so much for assuming this was a one-time occurrence. I mean, I don't have another to spell because the first one, yeah. So it took both of the ones I had prepped. Well, I suppose let's get inside and get that pot. Hey, maybe they'll be in here. We can always hope. It takes another 15 minutes or so to navigate, making your way before arriving at the the outside of the Sacramento. Or you believe close enough as the sandstorm is still whipping through here. Although oddly, it seems as if every particle in the storm seems to be diverted as it begins to approach the end of this place. Vec and Tophra can't have his count messed up. Yep, yep, blowing around the massive sand waterfall, as redundant as that, or oxymoronic as that statement is. 
ahead of you, <laughs> swirling in its eternal cascade, dropping from above, falling down to eventually, you suppose, be cycled back up as you reach the outside once again of the monument vault. We take the wizard's way out, and we dimension door down there. Do it do it as Hakatep intended. <laughs> it's probably, that probably is exactly how he intended it. That is exactly it. how I'm sure he intended it. You pull up in your chariot, step down, guess give a wide berth to the uh, the cascading wall of sand, not wishing to anger the mythically powerful since, you know, he's got his mythic powers and all the rest of that still since mm-hmm. his, plat- his thing is not on the platform. Beck and Tofra, the elder earth elemental. Where specifically are you attempting to dimension door to? I thought we were going to go to the bottom of that puzzle, which I think is like, wasn't it some number of feet straight down, essentially, because the hallways did a... If you're talking about just on the other side of the block, it's at a depth of 80 feet. Yeah, if we're just going to go right there and then walk the rest of the way. Yep, that feels right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Long as you know the math, so we don't end up in a wall. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to do this again in a couple days when we activate the oh, yeah, uh, good point. whole thing. So, Hollis, you dismount. Chant and tone. I uh, believe the DCS is too low as far as the sandstorm is concerned to actually require you to make a spellcraft check. Probably. Extending a hand, you open a purple door and a lot of you step through. As you emerge from the flash of light, stepping free to the other side, you find yourself once again down in the depths of the monument vault. The large stone block ahead of you blocks the ascent back up, the one that Sudi had narrowly dove his way through a few, I think it might have been two days ago, maybe three. It's not not that long ago. The passage continues off towards your left. There's something curious. The shadows here are too dark, as if they press in on the edges of the illumination. I imagine one of you at least casting a light spell before you made the dimension door down here. He always gets the light on his special stone. Yep. Okay. In addition to that, as you turn, glance around, take a moment before beginning to speak. As you exhale, there's this soft puff of white and you feel this frigid chill running up your arms and legs. Oh, we we might not have to have to find him. On the downside, this is not a good place to fight an incorporeal creature. There's a lot of walls for it to hide in. Outside in a sandstorm is not the best place to fight it either. Well, Force Anchor takes care of the wall problem. Oh, that's right. I forgot you had that. It's been like oh, five days since we were last in a place <laughs> where you used Force Anchor. <laughs> Time is weird in this uh, in this book. Mm. You stand in the desolate hallway. The passage continuing off to your left. Alright, everybody keep an eye out for ghosts. You turn. Make your way descending into the depths. The air again here is colder. It's still dry. But there's this seeping cold to it. And disconcertingly, there's a distant sound of whispering. This pervasive, soft noise almost indistinguishable from the sound of the sand shifting off of your clothing and falling along the ground as you make your way down into the depths, as all of you are caked in sand from the sandstorm. As you make your way forward along the passage, navigating past where you would have turned off initially when you made your way down to go and confront those, well, the one golem, as well as the golem crafting chamber, you find yourself back in the hallway where you had previously faced the bizarre, crawling, insectoid things. As you round the corner, the cold seems to be more concentrated here. Oddly to the point that you can see this almost the rime of ice 
crawling along the surrounding walls, not in a natural formation for ice. Not that many of you are very experienced with ice, <laughs> but in a way that almost reminds you of of roots of a plant spiraling out, or maybe like black veins under the skin of an infected limb. They seem to radiate from the end of the hallway. The wide double doors that you know leads into the central chamber, your eventual destination. The chamber of the Sacrifiers. Yeah, with the other uh, undead things in the sarcophagus that only are leaving Sudi and Masika alone, those, that room? Yeah, that room. Yeah. Woot! Uh, so haven't done this in a while. Um, Sudi is going to turn on his tomb site, which gives me death watch and uh, detect undead. Ooh, fancy. I'm assuming I don't see a ghost just happen to be there invisibly in front of us. Nope. Yep. Masika pulls an armor down and off of her shoulder and holds him in front of her chest. Spooky. That's right, Masika. Use me as a human shield. As a catfish shield. Yes. <laughs> Jordan's armor impression is improving. I'm working on it, right? <laughs> Give it time. Planning on outsourcing that. <laughs> you really don't want to do that, Rick. I'll never stop talking. Neither does armor. I mean, that's fair. I guess we should peek in the first doors on our uh, on that we come to because that's actually the room where the jar was. So this seems like the effect that was in the original second room has now spread, is the impression that I'm getting. Kind of. Great. <laughs> Opening up this first door, glancing inside. No, all looks quiet. Are the pieces of the jar still all across the floor? Yeah, they, they, were, they were dropped, shattered into a hundred fragments. One jar shattered into a hundred fragments, that's impressive. It was a very old jar. I guess Masika's going to dart in and grab a piece, like the biggest piece she can find, just in case we have to use that spell later. You make your way forward to pick it up. It is oddly cold. Here in armor, you hold this. Okay. He takes it, shoves it into his chest cavity. No! What? Oh, maybe you'll give me cool necromatic powers. We, We don't need necromatic powers. Neither does Stinger Jr. or Rocky, or I can't remember what you named the scarab beetle. I'm assuming that came to life after we rested. It did. Scary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, scary doesn't need necromatic powers. Scary's mortal. (laughs) Yeah, but don't put it in there is what I'm saying. Okay. Just hold it. Okay. In your flipper. Mechanically speaking, as everything I do is mechanically speaking, mechanically speaking, while holding this, I will not be able to fly. I'm Even not positive if that's correct. I think it's a supernatural ability, but... I'm almost positive that's not, <laughs> that's correct. not correct. I'm going to assume not. I won't, I'm sure I'll probably take a penalty or something. Although, actually, it's like a fragment that's pretty small. Because there's a hundred pieces, or even the biggest pieces, only like an inch across. It's about gu- guitar pick size. Narmer. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll be able to fly just fine. Okay. I can I'll fly f- holding you. There you go. <laughs> The passage continues ahead. All right, somebody else go first. All right, I guess Sudi and Citra in the front as per usual. Yep, yep. We continue down to, I guess, the second door that had uh, the swarm come out of it. (laughs) Making your way down to the end of the passage, reaching the door, glancing inside. Still detecting undead? No, all's quiet. Um, We close, if I remember right, we closed the doors into the second chamber. 
We closed both the doors yep. as we left. Yeah, because I was, I was pretty sure we did because we were like, all right, maybe they'll stay in there. And then they didn't because silverfish. Well, should we check this before we head on into the uh, chamber with the map? It seems like the ice is coming from there, but there's those mummified gray renders in there. Well, I'm hoping that they're just going to stay asleep. If they're not, that's going to be a problem. We could potentially make them come out here and deal with us if it's a person or a thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. What I'm trying to say is if me and Citra don't have to go in that room and we make the thing that's in the room that's not those Grey Rendas come out of that room, we won't wake up the Grey Rendas. Oh, I see what they're saying. Okay. Lure them out so that we yes. don't have to fight the buggy bugs. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess Sudi will open up the door into the uh, previously swarmy undead chamber and we will see what's in there. Yeah, looks clear. Okay. Put my head in. No ghost. All right, here we go. And open the uh, the door into the uh, map room. Opening the door, stepping your way forward. The chamber beyond is much as you left it. In fact, it's exactly as you left it. Ball reliefs adorn the surrounding walls in this immense dark chamber, somehow darker than it was before. And a thin rime of ice seems to coat the entirety of this room. The walls are covered in what appear to be small children and elderly folk fleeing from some sort of gigantic hulking beasts, which you are aware of as the Kalnakas. And the far wall of the chamber is obscured by shadow and darkness, but you know that the map there should be the map of the trenches of Hakatep. As you step forward into the room. I was going to say, Citra stays at the back because she remembers that if these guys... Uh, they twitch when I get close. <laughs> well, as long as you are, if I remember correctly, as long as you are in basically the 10 feet that have the, um, from the door to the map, you're fine. I didn't know, because like, I thought if I approached the map too. You believed that there was a narrow strip down the center of this room in which you were safe. Okay. A single figure occupies the far side of this room. He turns as you enter, looking to be a man maybe in his late 40s. His hair is a dark mane which falls down his back. His clothing is immaculate, transparent, but immaculate. He is clean shaven and his eyes are piercing as he turns back towards all of you. The whispering intensifies, always just out of your ability to understand. But there's a strange mind numbingness to it. It's like this white noise that seems to drill into your ears as he turns back towards you. The figure stands, floats, really, hovering a little off of the ground, and through his semi-transparent and phosphorescent figure, you can still see the map behind him. The entirety of the figure is oddly distorted, like there's a blurring along the edges. You must be the interlopers. I am Tinonath. Yeah, we, we, we figured that out, yeah. You are the doorkeepers of the Dewlot. Oh, that's how, that's not good that you know that. Oh my gosh. I have spoken to the Outer Plains, and they've made me aware of your goals and intentions. You seek to activate the trenches. Oh, we're going to activate the trenches. We don't seek anything. <laughs> Spicy Citra. You oppose my lord, and I cannot have that. Even as we speak, the duration on my various spells begin to expire, so let us begin. 
Oh, we should have just He holds on. up a hand beginning to spell cast, and I will Dang. need initiative from the party. I uh, should have kept him talking. Oh, he's not going to talk. He had time to buff. <laughs> Although we also could have just stood outside for like ever. Uh, I mean, then he would have just stepped out and killed you out there. Like, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, one way or the other. six to one, half dozen to the other. It's actually a little bit better here because it's an open, like a wide open area. So there's Except at least some Citra and I are stuck in this 10 foot corridor. Well, it's bad for Citra, but it does mean that Hollis and Masika can fire some spells at him. Yeah, and I didn't roll well. Uh, Uh-oh. At all. Uh-oh. <laughs> the problem is he is a wizard, and thus area effects are Is he a wizard? He didn't future. have a spell book. Sorcerer. <laughs> He'd be a sorcerer. Whatever he wants to be now. Who knows? So, Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls a 17 for a 24. All right. Sudi Kantar. Sudi rolls an 11 for a 14. Masika of the Beckon. Uh, Masika rolls a 10 for a 13. Citra Nahamra. Citra rolled a 1 for a 7. Hey, get those nat 1s out early. I know, but it's always with initiative. It is weirdly with initiative with you. I don't know why. Round 1 of combat begins. Hollis Starkweather, you have first initiative. Hollis is going to go ahead and uh, make a knowledge check on this guy. Oh, I right. do have a, my other new feat for 15th level is knowledgeable spellcaster for religion. So okay. I can choose to learn one less piece of information to gain a plus three spell resistance or two less for a plus five. Um, but obviously I'm going to want to know if they have spell resistance before I give up information. So anyway, that's the whole thing I have that may or may not be relevant. Okay. So if you want to go and make me a knowledge religion. I rolled not great. Um, okay, so I rolled a four for a 29. With a 29, you do know what this is. Oh. This is a creature commonly known as a ghost. Oh, okay. What? Yeah. No way. Full on ghost. Mm-hmm. Basically, a ghost is a spirit usually of some form of intelligent creature, unable to return or continue on to its just reward after death, and so remains alive as basically a continuing spirit. You know, oftentimes these are malevolent spirits, unable to give up basically the things that they have in life or continuing on for vengeance or whatever else. Uh, although there is no alignment requirement, a ghost can actually be of any alignment whatsoever. Mm-hmm. However, there is something that is keeping them from moving on into the next life. And until said thing is resolved, they can never actually die. You may ask two questions pertaining towards the ghost. Um, special defenses. Special defenses. Well, first off, they are incorporeal and therefore they have all the standard incorporeal defensive bonuses. Uh, which more or less just amounts to can only be harmed by other incorporeal creatures, magic weapons, or creatures that strike as magic weapons and spells, spell-like abilities, and supernatural abilities, and are immune to all non-magical attack forms. And even when hit by magical weapons, they only take half damage uh, from a corporeal source, with the exception of channeled energy or certain force effects. Mm-hmm. In addition to being incorporeal, they also are highly resistant to chan- channel positive energy. They also have rejuvenation, which means that, again, it's difficult to destroy them. The uh, destroyed spirit will restore itself within 2d4 days. And even the most powerful spells are usually only temporary solutions to this. The only way to permanently destroy a ghost is to determine the reason for its existence and set right what prevents it from resting in peace. Maybe that Hakatep is still around. Uh, Lastly, they have all the standard undead traits. Mm. 
Uh, ergo, immunity to mind-affecting effects, charms, compulsions, moral effects, patterns, phantasms, bleed, death effects, disease, paralysis, poison, sleep, and stun. Not subject to non-lethal damage ability drain, energy drain, immune to damage to its physical ability scores, etc., etc. Most importantly, immunity to any effect that requires a fortitude save unless it also affects objects. Cool. Hollis is going to pull her wand You have a second in. question if you'd like to take it. Oh, right. Um, I probably can't ask what would prevent rejuvenation for the specific ghost. Nope. So, Each one is unique. I guess special attacks. Special attacks. So special attacks gets into a very vague category. Ghosts retain all the special attacks that the base creature had. Uh, but any relying on physical contact do not function. In addition, the ghost will gain a one ghost special attack for every three points of challenge rating, basically, for getting into the mechanics, which means they can have any of about half a dozen special abilities, ranging from a frightful moan to the ability to move things with its mind, etc., etc. Uh, mm. It's unfortunately difficult to know exactly what a special attack would be. Okay. Although if you do experience it, I will let you know. Oh, great. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, okay, Hollis is going to, you know, look out her, her rod of Quicken and uh, Quicken Force Anchor this guy. Nice. You extend a hand, conjure this, basically the anchor-like sphere, spear into the air and hurl it. Um, okay, I roll an 11 Sells across the distance. 22 to hit their touch AC? 22 will not strike your target's flat-footed touch AC as it flies forward before reflecting off of what seems to be some form of invisible shield that surrounds him before scattering against the wall. I wish I had a dispel magic. Crud. But I don't. Secondly, I guess with my actual standard action, I'm just gonna cast Disintegrate. Okay. Wouldn't be the first time that I disintegrated myself if he happens to have something for that. But, you know, (laughs) here we go. I mean, he didn't turn that Force Anchor back on you, so there's that. So you gestured with one hand, activated your rod, threw a thing at it, didn't work as you immediately raise your other hand, chant and tone, point your finger as a green ray streaks across the distance. All right, I rolled a 17 on the die this time for a 28. A 28 will strike your flat-footed touch AC of your target. Okay, so... uh, Just barely as it streaks across the distance before slicing into the ghost. It does affect objects, so he will need to make a fortune save. He gets a 23 on his Ah, fortune save. Oh, uh, I will also need you to roll percentile, please. I get a 23. 23. Also barely striking your blurred opponent as the ray Ah. streaks across the distance. Mm, Great. Uh, 23, you say. 23 for his fortune save. Yeah, he saves. I don't like him. All right. He's still takes many damages. And let's see. That's going to be 17 damage. So 17 points. So, But it is a corporeal source, so we will take half damage. As the ray streaks across distance and somehow disintegrates part of a ghost. Sweet. Magic. As it blasts through him. Bring us to said ghost. To enough will. Hurt us. I mean, that was a given. Yeah. First off, he'll use a quicken action to quicken spellcast with his quicken feet. As he steps forward and splits, now a total of eight of them standing ahead of you as he steps his way forward. Great. 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 He'll take a five-foot step forward, and he will... Hollis, again, it's that spellcaster fight. Hollis seems to be the greatest threat. Wizard on wizard violence. I didn't succeed at anything, honestly. He did a little bit of damage, I mean, though. He, well, he yeah, but again, he's a arrogant spellcaster of like. And in typical wizard fashion, thinks other wizards are the biggest threat. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he'll go ahead and gesture out with a hand, and I will need Hollis to make a fortitude save. Is it a death effect? It is not. Oh, dang. Ha ha. Ha ha. All right, I rolled a 15 for a 
23. Just barely. As he extends a hand towards you, you stumble for a second. As for a moment, you look down, you can see this gray spreading from the center of your chest before you simply shrug off the petrification effect that comes very close to turning you to stone. Oh, he could use that on me. (laughs) He's not scared of you yet. Dang it, he should be. Also, he's an intelligent caster who's not going to use a fortitude save on a fighter-looking guy. That's true, that's true. Uh, you know, I do kind of look fighter Big, muscly guy. Uh, he's probably got a low constitution. <laughs> From 10 enough, we go to Sudikantar. All right, Sudi's going to get in his grill. I mean, all my damage is going to be half, so I might as well get big. It's not going to affect my touch AC, like, um, just makes it one less. Um, so, yeah, let's do that. Go ahead and do me a favor real quick. Yeah. Go ahead and make me a will save. Okay. Is this a fear effect? Nope. Okay. That is a 12 for a 26. Very well. Carry on. So Sudi is going to close on him, get into a uh, base-to-base contact with him, use a swift action to get uh, big. All right. Uh, because basically I just it's going to be half damage no matter what I do, so I might as well just go for max damage and maximum accuracy. Um, and so I will then uh, punch him. All right, Sudi charges across the distance towards the ghost, leaps forward. All right, that is lodges. a 14 for a 28. 28 will not strike your target as you dive to the mm-hmm. floor, lashing out. It does pop one of the images, however. That's still progress. As Big you barely Sudi. miss him before slamming your fist through one of his mirrored images. Oh, yeah, sorry, I want to be over so that I have a path there for Citra. So you rush your way forward, taking us from Sudi Kantar to Masika of the Beckon. Holy crap. Do the thing! I really wish I had a greater dispel magic prep. I feel like that'd be a great thing to throw on him. Undeath to death. I don't have that. <laughs> I can keep hoping. I'm pretty sure it's Heal. not on your spell list, but you know, <laughs> I can still hope. <laughs> I mean, he is undead, so all the undead hating things. Well, I mean, cure spells. I have a feeling I'm going to need those for y'all. <laughs> I mean, you're probably not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> This guy's going to mess us up something fierce, I'm sure. I'm just saying, one good heal, he's down to one hit point, then we just have to see. And he gets him. a save, and he's yeah. it's a, like a will save. He's a wizard. There's a one on every die. Wizard. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not going to use a heal spell on a ghost when Sudi's probably going to need it much more than me blowing it on an attack that this thing is going to probably pass the save for. It is a valid argument. Yep. Running the numbers. All right, so Masika is going to go out towards the edge of the room so I can cast Sunbeam because it's everything within the line and it's a 60 foot oh, line. Oh, I didn't realize it was like a <laughs> lightning bolt. <laughs> mm. It's a beam. Yeah, so... Very well. It's a standard action to cast this spell uh, for the duration of the spell I can, which is around per level or until all beams are exhausted, I can call forth one beam per three caster level, so five at this level. Nice. It's a lot of beams. He needs to make a reflex save. Maximum beam. That's that's decent, but I don't think it's going to do it. That's a 21. No, that fails. Does he have spell resistance? He does not have spell resistance. Alrighty, so an undead creature caught within this beam takes 1d6 points of damage per caster level. Okay, and it's an area effect, correct? It's not a ray attack. It is a dazzling beam of intense light, and each creature in the beam... So it, I guess it's a line. It, I don't it's, think it, I have yeah, to. Yeah, it should be a line at that point. It is a line from your hand for a range of 60 feet. So it is not an attack roll, which means that you don't have to worry about hitting one of the images. Yeah. That was my concern. 
All right, so he's going to take 15d6 points of damage. Dang, and you can do that for what, five rounds? Jeez. I can call it's. I can call forth one beam per three caster levels to a maximum of six at 18th level, so I can do five more Dang, or four more. That's nice. You've turned into the, the, the belly beam guy from My Hero Academia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my tummy hurts. I don't know what that means, and I'm kind of glad I don't. You could also just say Iron Man, but whichever you prefer. <laughs> Actually, it's probably Iron Man is probably the more like relatable thing. <laughs> probably, but my brain went it to my hero academia. It is coming out of the hand, not out of her belly button. I know, but my brain went to my hero academia. <laughs> I'll also point out that I believe uh, Superman's laser vision is actually him expelling excess solar radiation from his eyes. So yeah. you can make an argument that that is also a sunbeam. Theoretically, True. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good roll. Technically, Cyclops's laser beams are actually force effects. Although no one ever remembers that, and he routinely is able to like cut through things like they're fire beams, but in fact, they're actually supposed to be force. Because hmm. that's how Cyclops' eye beams are supposed to be non-lethal. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, <laughs> the, that's the argument that they're non-lethal. All right, I do 54 points of damage. Nice. Dang. Jeez. I had some really, really good rolls I in there. I think you just became target number one. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> that A may have solid been blast from the beam as he recoils back from the heat glances back in that direction, furrowing his brow. You're far more powerful than I've been led to believe. We get that a lot. It's very strange. Everybody always underestimates us. I'd rather them keep underestimating us. Oh, well, I mean... Citra and Nahamra. Uh, Citra, there, Citra is going to run forward. Yeah, I mean, there's no sneak attack in this guy because he's incorporeal, so... I would like to double move and tumble to get into the flank. Okay. Oh, I apologize. Um, I will need Citra to go ahead and make me a will save also. Okay. Uh, that is a 15 for a uh, 26. Okay. Okay. And then I shall acrobatics. Okay. Minus five for moving at full speed. I rolled a 13 and I start with a 29. So that would be a 42 to acrobatics onto the other side of our ghosty friend. Yep, 42 will succeed as you spring forward, flip around to the opposite side of the creature. Or at least what I'm hoping is the creature, because I think there's several others here. <laughs> yep. Hollis Starkweather. Yeah, I'm going to try to pop as many of those as possible. Hollis is going to use her last charge of her rod and just magic missile this guy in the face. It feels like a good thing. That's a fun, fast thing. Yep. Very well. Oh, God, math. You chant and tone, extend a hand. A set of five missiles streaks across the distance before unerringly slamming into the shield spell that he has protecting him. Oh, oh jerk. All right. uh, Ghost and then wizards. I'll go ahead and cast um, spell turning on myself. Okay. Yeah, that's it for me. All right. That's going to be this guy. Well, I have a prismatic wall, but uh, there's not the a great place to put be, it right now. Yeah, so I was prismatic like, wall is not going to be useful right now. Well, if, we ha if he had to come through it, it might be, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the ghost. I'm just going to throw this out there that I really appreciate Michael Cortez, who obviously built the stat block for this ghost, giving him five different crafting feats, of which he can no longer use since he's an incorporeal creature. Yeah. But I guess it would have been what he had in life, so I appreciate that dedication. Except, well, I mean, he made somehow made whatever magic turned all those other people into memories. Yeah. Anyway, I was just going to say, I, I really appreciate that, uh, that little nod there. Uh, that was an interesting idea, so he's going to go ahead and go with that also. So he'll go ahead and uh, 
Quicken Magic Missile as he extends a hand as a uh, set of five magic missiles streaks across the distance at Masika. Yeah. He's like, you made me see the bright things. Take that. That's 21 points of damage. That was actually oh, a really wow. good missile. Ouch. Ow. As it good. slices across the distance. Jerk. He will follow that up. Sorry, right, I'm about to stab him in his non-existent kidney. He'll follow that up by extending a hand and blasting off a lightning bolt that streaks across the distance straight at Masika. We'll need to cast Uh-oh. the defensive for that one since it's not a swift action. Succeeding requiring a reflex save from Masika. Yeah, I only get a 17. Ouch. Masika basically tucks and rolls and yeah. makes sure. I got armor! <laughs> you just like hug Narmer and turn. Yeah. I was like, Rick, don't kill Narmer. He's a fan favorite. <laughs> Masika has... When has that ever mattered? <laughs> fair. Dealing 31 points of electricity damage as it cuts through Masika, there's this cacophonous sound of thunder. This smell of ozone floods the room as it sears through her. And possibly, like, Masika, again, you grab Narmer and, like, turn, taking this full on in the back as you feel the electricity stream through you, shoot past you. Narmer doing ah sound, (laughs) like, kind of getting electrified slightly through you. Not enough to actually damage him. Masika's eyes raising up as you'd almost turn like the ghost behind you as you look past probably sigh as the lightning bolt slams into the sarcophagus on the far side of the room of which rumbles in response to the damage dang it that was that That's was smart sneaky little <laughs> that was smart all right everybody give him a golf clap that was the smart. ghost simply smiles extends his arms and then sinks into the floor ah jerk uh it's nope yep because he can five foot step straight down dang it all right Sudi, as well, technically, as it is your turn now, and like as you kind of turn, look down at probably like smash your fist down into the floor, trying to get to him before yep. he disappears. Looking back over to check on to, on Masika, you see that the sarcophagus on the far side of the room cracks, nuts, slams open as this lumbering thing, massive as you are, brings one mummified gray hand out, grabs onto the lip of the sarcophagus and pulls itself free. Covered in bandages, its mouth, this massive maw spreading open as he steps out. Oh, Lord. Oh, goody. goody. It turns its sunken pits with yellow glowing phosphorescence back towards you as it lets out a tremendous roar. It'd be kind of cute if it wasn't about to eat our faces. I swear this fight is literally put here so that we had to fight these things. Yeah. <laughs> we should have just took them out. Well. Uh, oh, well. You didn't know you're going to have to come back here and fight. Yep. Sudi Kantar. Sudi. Okay, so none of the other ones are, are acting up right now, right? Not yet. Please oh, leave me a Cytus. space to blast my beam at this thing because it's undead, so it's gonna be <laughs> Yeah, damage. okay, so alright. That yeah, that's a that's a great point. Also I um, can't cut it off from us if you get too close, so be careful. I go after Masika. So I'm I'm kind of this is me thinking he's I'm now like thinking he's going to activate all four of these eventually. So Sudi will move, that is fifteen, thirty, thirty-five, forty feet, uh basically giving himself uh, there's a gap of uh, five feet between him and the uh, the creature. Okay. Uh, so Using that your reach. Can, yep, so that hopefully Masika can get in because this thing is a mummy. <laughs> um, so we cannot let it get out. So Sudi's going to punch it. I don't know if it'll... Will it attack you now? <laughs> when I punch it, it will. Maybe it won't. Maybe I just won't be able to get past me and I can just stand here. Who well, knows? Well, if you punch it, it will, pu- it will attack. Yeah, it'll probably def- defend itself. 
I'm gonna punch it. Sudi strides across the distance, dives to the attack. Uh, that is a nine for a thirty-three. A thirty-three will strike your target as you slam your fists home. All right, that is seventeen points of damage. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. A solid hit as you slam your fist into this thing. It rocks back. Again, as in the various mummies that you fought up until this point, you can feel that hardened flesh resisting your blows as you pull your fist back to punch again. Who has that mummy scarab? One of you does. I think I do. Okay. Yep, so that's the end of my turn. Yeah, you guys have a whole lot of things to help you bypass damage reduction. <laughs> Mine is just the golem bane. From Sudi we go to Masika of the Beckon. There's a mummy. Stupid mummy. Blast that mummy. I mean, you're hitting touch AC on a large sized creature, so hopefully it's not a problem. Well, I'm casting Sunbeam, so it doesn't get a. That's true, it doesn't get a. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no partial cover for it that. It just gets a bonus on its reflex save from the partial cover. Yeah, so it'll need to make a reflex save. All right. Hey, he's a little faster than the other guy. That would be a natural one, which is going <laughs> to automatically fail that reflex <laughs> save. So, light him up. My dice are all over the place. There you go. All right, he'll take 53 points of damage. Ouch. Nice. Is this a specific, it's just damage, correct? It's not a specific element? An undead creature caught within this beam takes 1d6 points of damage per caster level. It's literally a evoke a beam of dazzling intense light. Okay. It is sunlight, so if it was a vampire and things like that, it would take extra. Still, it rocks back as you punch a hole almost two feet in diameter through its side as it blasts out the other side. Various sand as well as brilliant smelling incense pours out of the gaping hole at its side. It's not allowed to smell good. That's not allowed. It smells well, like I murder. Mean, no sympathy, yeah, no sympathy for this thing. <laughs> mummified yep. with all sorts of incense. Smells delicious. Mix it in your tea. Yeah. Right, that's the a little end of mummy for your turn. tummy. <laughs> it's, I'm laughing, no. but it's so gross. No, that was that, actually a thing during the Victorian age. It no was, way, yes. really? Oh my! Well, I guess they did like snort it and stuff. I so mean, Victorians I, were weird. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Little they were an odd, strange, sexually repressed people. Gosh. They weren't that sexually they were repressed. Not. That's well, a yeah. misconception. <laughs> I've read Varney the Vampire. It's a misconception. <laughs> Would Missika like to do anything else? No, I'm good. From Missika, we go to Citra Nahamra. Um, They're supposed to get to a stop getting ready to stab before the guy sinks into the ground and it's gone. Like, I don't know if I should go anywhere. Hmm. Oh, maybe, maybe, I'm not sure if Citra would know this, but maybe go next to Hollis because Hollis is a big target. Masika's a bigger target than me, although you can't get to Masika. You can't get to Masika, so you might as well, well maybe. Well, and he's a wizard slash sorcerer, we don't know, and he's probably going to do range stuff. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Citra's going to vanish. Hmm. Oh, good call. Yeah. So Citra chants and tones, gestures out of hand, flickers and disappears from sight. Yep. If he does pop up next to me, I would like to stab him. <laughs> okay. Very well. That brings us to the Kalnaka. And uh, he'll go ahead and full out attack Sudi. Yep, that's fair. Did just punch him and there's no easy way to get to Masika over there. That was my point. I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. We'll just start with regular attacks. That's a natural one. I think that's two in a row. There oh, we are. So That's terrible. a 36. That's oh. going to hit. That, that that one actually was. And that follows up with a 34. Yep, that Yee. hits. All right, so you manage to, it lunges forward. You reach up with both hands, like grab onto the sides of it, the side of its head, keeping its mashing 
maw from reaching your face before its two claws come in and just dig into your side on either side of your trunk-like chest, since you're the same size as this thing is. We're wrestling now. Ooh, that's 21 points of damage from the first hit. Okay, minus four, 17. And 17 points of damage from the second hit. Minus four is 13. He then rends, ripping into you for another 20 points of damage as he spreads his claws to either side and blood splatters the ground, bellowing in your face as it bears down onto you. Well, there went half the hit points I had. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yikes. I am at uh, 53 hit points, so let's uh, let's hope he doesn't do that again. <laughs> Masika starts like just side shuffling over towards Sudi, getting ready with <laughs> yes. that hill spell. Masika does like a little a little shuffle to the side to get up in range. I think we're needed. <laughs> uh, I mean, Narmer Sudi, doesn't do like, this just, because that's like, a different adventure path. But then Narmer puts on a little nurse's hat. Anyway. Oh my gosh! <laughs> different AP. Yeah, wrong AP. Hollis Starkweather. All right, prismatic wall. Sweet. I'm going to throw it all the way along the wall, blocking the... I'm just going to block off those two mummies with a prismatic wall. Okay. Because that seems fun. And uh, be like, Sudi, you got to back up to make it want to come for you. Sounds like a great idea. And I'll draw my wand of haste. And that's my turn. So you chant a tone gesture. A wall of prismatic colors springs up into place. I got it to deal with the rave. I figured we might want some disco lights. Yeah. <laughs> So Tinnadef glides forward, unbeknownst all of you, before sliding up out of the floor, uh, closing closer to Hollis. So he'll go ahead and, uh, eh, why not? Go ahead and give me another fortitude save from, uh, well, Hollis nearly failed. Masika is wearing armor. Let's go ahead and go for another fortitude save from Hollis. As he chants and tones, gestures out with a hand. All right, all right. I think I rolled the same thing I rolled last time. I rolled a 15 for a 23. You there did you roll the same thing you rolled last time because that, once again, just <laughs> barely passes. <laughs> Following that, he'll go ahead and extend a hand towards Masika. Oh, I'm sorry. I have spell turning on. Oh, that's right. How many spell levels did you get? I mean, I rolled a two, so eight. So eight spell levels. Yep. So that will turn the spell turning on that one, which means that that makes that. That is a six level spell. So you have two levels of your spell turning remaining. Okay. Oh, Jesus. What the hell is casting? Okay. Actually, before we move on, he'll go ahead and just magic missile Masika again. Jerk. Masika's shooting sunbeams from her hand. Laser, <laughs> <And> laser beams. beams. <laughs> <laughs> well, not nearly as good that time. That is uh, 15 points of damage. I'm Chessasek's niece, you jerk. And what does that make you to me? <laughs> Coworkers, kind of? I don't know. Oh, well, would you help me take care of the trash? <laughs> <laughs> Sudi Kantar. Um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, use Sudi's big brain and assume that if I punch at this guy through this wall, I will trigger the wall. Sudi, don't touch that wall. Oh, I really want to get a punch on this guy and get his uh, one of his mirror images down. So I'll just provoke. It's it's fine. If it punches uh, through the wall, actually same, have it can't mobility, see. It's opaque. So. That's an opaque wall. Honey. Oh, it's opaque? Oh. Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize it was fully opaque. That's cool. Yeah, it's opaque. It's a it's a vertical opaque wall, a shimmering well, multicolored plane of light. Okay, so I will move up between uh, Hollis and uh, this guy, Tenenf, and uh, punch him. See if I can't dispel one of his images. All right. Oh, that is a five for a 29. A 29. And uh, also go ahead and roll me your mischance. Because if the 20% mischance triggers, then it doesn't matter if you miss him by five oh, or less right. because you missed him entirely. 
That is a 21. Okay. <laughs> Barely pull it off. So you do knock out another image. However, you do miss 10 and F. Let's say Sudi's not rolling great tonight. No. I'm, I'm relying on my, my ridiculous bonuses to actually even hit anything right now. I mean, getting rid of the images is still helpful. Yeah, that's what I figure. That's why I was like, if, even if I miss, it's fine because we're popping images. Oh, I apologize. On your turn, Sudi, you would need to make a will save. Another one? Yep. Oh, it's probably from the mask. What? Citra had to make one. Yeah, I was like, what? Oh, no, you're right. Citra had to make one. Yeah. Uh, so I roll a 19, so that is a 33. Yeah, you're good. He's got some sort of aura or something. That's what I thought. That brings us to Masika of the Beckon. I will also need a will save. And maybe he does have an aura. Well, if he has an aura, then I've not been affected by it, so that's weird. And I roll a 6 for a 25. No, you're good. All right, I'm going to channel. All right. Okay. I like hit points. Nasika <laughs> holds an armor up over her head and spins in circles. Narma's little chest I, beam shoots out and starts spraying I? light Is, everywhere. I don't think that's what happens at all. I didn't realize he was a healing drone. It's like the rainbow healing from um, Chrono Trigger with Robo. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Why don't more games do combi attacks like Chrono Trigger? Those are the best. What? You could, like, depending on which allies you had, you got specific attacks combining, like, three allies' abilities. So, like, Chrono with his sword would jump forward and jump on another person's head, and then they'd spin around in circles, and another person would shoot, like, a beam onto his weapon, and then he'd sling it outwards as, like, a radius attack. Ah. All right. Uh, I roll middling. We get 29 back. Okay, I'll take it. All right. From Masika, we go to Citra Nahamra. Go ahead and make me a safe. I'm always the, the worrisome one. Because <laughs> you have iron will, don't you? I do, yeah. Yeah, helps to compensate. I roll a 13 for a 24. So far. Okay. Uh, Citra would like to close the distance and get right up in his grill. All right. But slightly five foot over to this. Oh, but that. No, you'll trigger up. the thing, my jigs. Well, you're still going to get the sneak attack. I'm still in, I'm still invisible. I forgot I was invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh what are you God. talking about? It didn't matter. I don't know. I was I'm, my brain is tired from tennis. Okay. Uh, I would like to get up in his grill and I would like to etheric strike his butt. Very well. You rush forward etheric striking specifically his posterior. Like Evie, my favorite assassin, I'm going <laughs> to stab him. You know? Very well. Double it, butt stab. It doesn't really it. matter. It's all the same goo. Okay. All right, and it's a 19 with a 15 on the die, which is a 34. 34 hits your target. Woot, okay. So I do need you to uh, roll the percentile mischance because of the blur. 86. 86 gets through that, and then you'll need to see which one of the six of him you stab. So I'll need you to roll a d6. You'll want to roll a one. Six. <laughs> You do successfully sneak attack an image, though. Yeah. Yeah, wizards. So, yeah, you dive for the to the four and stab four before striking one of his numerous images. How many does he have left? It is still him and four more. God. <gasps> that brings us to the Kalnakas. The first one steps into the wall. It doesn't really even matter if he makes the save, because after Masika's hit, he has three hit points left. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> However, you now do hear the other sarcophagi opening as they begin to Crud. push them open. As activating one activates all. Crud. Uh. All right. Well, that's a problem. 
However, their lids were not destroyed, so they actually have to take the action to open them. Good. There's something. As the Kanakas emerge. I don't suppose you have another prismatic wall prepared, Hollis. I only took one eighth level spell, and it's prismatic wall, baby. So yes, I do. It's an abjuration <laughs> spell. <laughs> yes. So one of them does have to step through the wall, which means that he needs to make a reflex save for the red color. Oh, the save DC for eighth level spells for Hollis is a 25. That's a good save. 25. So saves for half against that, which means that he'll only take 10 points of fire damage. So he continues forward, gets a 26 for the second save, so takes 20 points of acid damage. Continues forward against the electricity. The next one won't matter because poison. Saves for half, so takes 40 points of electricity damage, Ooh. but that doesn't matter because that's actually enough to kill him because of his electricity vulnerability. Hey! So stumbles into the wall and just basically bursts into a variety of different flames. <laughs> I love flames the idea that you're collapsing. watching, like, it goes on fire, it gets acid, and then it gets electricity, and you're like, ah, electricity, that's what works on these. <laughs> I like this spell a lot. <laughs> and actually, the Kanakas will go ahead and, uh, again, they use a move action to open that up. As they rush forward, bellowing, I will need a will save, two will saves from the party. Oh, they're the ones triggering the will saves. Oh, that makes sense. All right, I got a 13 for a 24 and a 17 for a 28. Okay, I got an eight for a 22 and a 19 for a 33. Uh, Masika rolls a 15, which is a 33, and then a 12, which is a 30. Okay. So you rolled a 7 for an 18, and Ooh. a 12 for a 23. No, y'all are good. These things are kind of scary, but oh. not paralyzed you with fear scary. Well, good. I was a little worried about that Thank one. goodness for low saves. Bringing us to Hall Starkweather. Hmm. He goes right after me? From what you've seen so far, yes. yes. Yeah, then I'm not going to wait. I don't know. I'd, I'd mess him up if you could. I don't have Something a lot that doesn't require us to hit one of his oh, mirror uh, images. Sorry, I do need Hollis to make me a will save. Oh, another will save? Yes. I think he has a presence too. Uh, like a four that's or something? a 12 for a 23. Still good. All right. You haven't triggered it yet, so you have no idea what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do these things are weak to electricity. That thing can probably hit me. I'll cast on the defensive. This is a fifth level spell. All right. Chant in tone. Extend a hand. Oh, I mean, I rolled a 17 on the die. So that's like 17 plus level, which is 15, which is 32 plus intelligence, 39 plus four for concentration or whatever. Yeah. So a bunch. 43. And then I'm just going to go ahead and cast lightning arc between ghost homie and uh, the scary BC that's near me. Okay. So anyway, the lightning arcs between the two creatures. They get reflex saves. All right. The ghost gets a 22. Oh, the the Kalnaka gets a 19. Okay. Kalnaka fails. Ghost saves for half. Okay. I'm going to do 15 D6 of lightning to them and anything, any creatures in a line connecting them, but there's not any. So meh. Very well. 52 points of electricity, 26 nice. is half, right? Okay, so it's 26, then half again because corporeal source. That is enough, however, to blast through the Kalnaka as it rocks back against the wall before falling still. Yay! Rad. 
And he took some damage, so all good, I suppose. Yep. Bring us to Tinanef, who will go ahead and cast on the defensive. Yeah, that'll easily pass. Go ahead and have Masika give me a fortitude save. I roll a one. Oh, now. crap. So extends a hand out towards Masika as she turns back from the, the prismatic wall, sees the Kanaka, sees him, probably raises both hands and like an Iron Man, you know, getting ready to start blasting off, even though you can only blast off one ray per turn. Uh, before Tinanef turns, gestures out with a hand, and Masika stutter steps as from toe to head turns into a solid granite statue. Crud! Uh, Taki mushrooms. Anybody got stone salve? Mushroom stone to flesh, baby. You have stone to flesh? That would be useful right now. I took Narva it says, after. wrapped in these stone arms as he bats his flippers around. And yes, we do have a stone salve. Okay. Does stone self work like stone to flesh? I believe so. There's some gotcha to it or something. One of those spells has a gotcha where it's well, like... Well, stone to flesh has a gotcha, but it's a DC 15 fort save. I mean, hopefully we could do that. Jeez. All right, let's get through so this fight. Then go ahead and magic. It'll just go ahead and magic missile. Uh, let's just say Sudi. Okay. Wait, hang on. I don't happen to have a brooch of shielding or anything, <laughs> do I? Um, No, no, he's going to hit me straight up. So you're looking at 18 points of damage as five missiles streak okay. across the distance and slice into you. He then takes a five foot step down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course he jerk. does. All right. Well, I'm at 66 hit points. It's fine. I'm going to bring Masika back on my next turn. Right. Well, the pro yeah, because the problem is, is I'm going to have to be a little bit more conservative than I want to be. So, City Contar. Ah, and correct me if I'm wrong, Citra carries y'all's medkit, right? Yes, she does. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, push comes to shove, Citra at least isn't petrified with the stone solve. Okay. Would my bag be petrified too? All of your gear is petrified. That's why I had to open my thing with with my chicken. Oh, okay. That's what I was wondering. I was like, because Narmer was in the bag when he was getting protected by the lightning. He cool, right? Like, he's not stuck? No, Masika was holding Narmer. Yeah, oh, okay. Masika was still okay. holding Narmer. I was like, oh, that'd be so bad he's if he was stuck in now. the bag. Narmer's just now stuck in Masika's petrified arms. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to. Uh, all right, we'll see how this. Works. We'll see how this works. Um, I am going to flying kick out at the last of the Kalnakas. So I'm gonna flying kick this Kalnaka full round attack. Uh, Flurry of blows. Okay. <laughs> that is a six for a thirty. A thirty will just barely strike your opponent as you hey. bring your foot around and kick out at him. Oh, I should have said I switched to pummeling style. Okay. Uh, so that's 20 points of damage. I don't know if they All have damage right. reduction. They do. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, second attack. Again, much like every mummy you faced up until this point has yeah, damage reduction. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Um, so that is a 16 for a 40. A 40 will strike your target. That is 14 points of damage. Another solid hit. Getting through the damage reduction now. A Okay, so that is a 14 plus 19 is 33. 33 will hit. For 16 points of damage. Still standing. Last hit is probably going to miss. Uh, so that's minus 10. So that is uh, 7 for a 21. 21 will not strike your target. And you know what? Um, I got some key strikes in that I have all of my key pool filled up. I'll use a key strike to get an extra attack on him. Look at Sudi okay. go. He's just punching the crap out of this thing. All right. That bat, is bat, a bat, 14 bat. for a 38. A 38 will strike your target. I'm just imagining, like, the cats when they just go wham, wham, wham. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Uh, so that is 19 points of damage. Another solid hit. Still standing. I was going to say, I think the thing's still going to be standing after all of this, but hopefully it's hurt a bunch. 
Masika of the Beckon, you're petrified. Would Normer like yep. to do anything? Can he wiggle out? Yeah. He just kind of wiggle his way free. Eh. There's eh. a scraping eh. of stone on metal. Don't worry, Mashika, I'll protect you. And if not, then I'll collect all of your rocks if you're destroyed and make a beautiful rock garden. All right, he's going to spit at the mummy. Aha! I'm back, baby. He then, like, spits. <laughs> He'll spend a charge of the wand in his tummy, so he does 2d6 instead of 1d6. All right. Roll a 17, which is a 29 to hit its range touch, I see. A 29 will strike your target. I'm going to laugh if he gets another, <laughs> like, big kill. I'll be, be very so happy, actually. I'm fine <laughs> with this. Um, He does 11 points of damage. Nice. Hitting it solidly in the eyes. The thing stumbles, screams as it eats through his face before it collapses ah! into a pile of dust and bandages. Yeah. Nice. 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 Mashika, did you? Oh, you didn't shoot it. No. Oh, oh, that sucks. Nothing gets Narmer fired up quite like Masika getting turned to stone. <laughs> There's something about these petrifying people. They just anger me so much. Come at me, ghost. Maybe don't do that. Maybe she would not want you to yell that. Citra, it, no, it can't hurt Narmer unless it spells, him, he does. <laughs> but yeah. I was going to say, he has a lightning bolt, as he has displayed. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you could delay I until he pops yeah. back up, maybe. I'm already, like, at the bottom of the initiative. Well, you're just delaying past my turn <laughs> and his turn at that other point. Than, other, other than that, I mean, you know, pull a potion or something, maybe. I don't know what potions would be useful right now. I mean, if you're hurt, a healing potion's not a bad idea. I haven't been hit. Oh, yeah. Could, but you're planning on de-petrifying Masika, right? That will take... I have to use my next standard action to prepare an open spell slot, and then... So it's going to be two the rounds. The next round I can do it. So it might be faster if you pull it and hold it out, okay. then I can grab it and put it on her. Well, I mean, I have a handy haversack, so... So you could move action, move over to Masika, move action, draw it, and then I can move action... Oh, but... You then would have to take it, yeah, which is another action. Yeah, an action. I need another action in here somehow. I mean, I have a handy haversack, so at least I don't have to dig around for it. You need another action person who just picked up the time stop thing. Yes. <laughs> there you go. But I don't know. How, it only gives me one extra round, and I've, I haven't been able to mentally do the math to see how that's really helpful yet. Well, what you could do with that extra round is you run, you run over, time stop, grab it, apply it, and then it's only one round to get her undone. Okay, so I move over there, I cast Time Stop. I can then grab it and apply it. Yeah, okay, yes. that makes sense. That's math. Citra oh, needs to walk that, over and pull it out. That's brilliant maneuver for the day. That's I am what Citra done. needs to do. We'll see you all next week. I shall walk over and pull it out. I don't understand the math, but I'm going to assume it adds up. Uh, I will defer to our GM to tell me if it actually does. So what would have to happen is Citra would have to retrieve the item, set it down, because you can't manipulate anything being held by another creature. Ah. Okay. All right, go ahead and drop that over there. I have a plan. Citra <laughs> would like to go ahead and uh, draw the stone salve that's in her handy haversack. She's going to move okay. over to Masika and then drop it. Yep. Okay. So Citra, you move your way over next to Masika. Retrieve the vial and then drop that on the ground. There are no Kalnakas left. Woohoo. Brings us to Hollis Starkweather. All right. Hollis is going to jog over to Citra and Masika, use her time stutter ability to get a round of time stop. Okay. Then with her free round, pick up the salve and standard action, apply the salve on Masika's face. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back into this uh, to where I left off. So you rush your way forward, 
momentarily stop time as you uh, you step out of we, the. We the switch into flow fla like flash or quicksilver vision of her like pulling this yeah. out and applying it on, you know, real quick over six seconds. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of quickly scoop this stuff out, rub it on. It's that weird thing that the moment it leaves your possession, it technically stops moving. So even if you just kind of glomp it on, it just sits in place. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly apply one <laughs> ounce of fluid, which really isn't that much. No, it's not much. At oh all. no, that's still not still enough for you to get past TSA. <laughs> uh, as time restarts, it means that Masika will need to make a fortitude save to survive the process of returning back from being petrified to being solid. I rolled a three to get a oh. to get a twelve. No. As holy, you oh break free of the petrification effect. Masik, you have enough time to look down and see Narmer's beaming face looking back up at you. Oh, uh, good gracious. Before she topples to the side and hits the ground. Oh. And we'll pick it up here next time. What? Oh. No, Rick, no. God of all the times it. we need to. God, really, Rick? Oh, come on. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.